0: Hey everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Brie. And we are Telling on Ourselves. Welcome Woo. back. So excited so to be here today. It's a very, very, very special episode. But before we get into that, I'm going to tell everybody my most embarrassing first thought wrong, which was with my 17-year-old And we were, we just had very poor communication. And my uh, child is extremely strong willed, and I am extremely codependent, and that is a fiery mix, let me tell you. So what happened was we were, it was just a miscommunication about when we were leaving and the transition from my house to dad's house. And basically I felt myself doing something I used to do when I was a little kid, which is very interesting because I'm doing a lot of work on, I'm doing this transformational leadership course and a lot of it, it goes back to childhood. So it's obviously top of mind. And it was like I had to get the last word in and then she had to get the last word in and I had to get the last word in. Then I backed off and realized what I was doing and I calmed down and I gathered myself and she kept going and guess what? I did it again. Still having <laughs> the last word in. And it was just, you know, it was just really um, ineffective and inefficient. But the good news is I noticed it. I was aware of it. I took responsibility for it. I, I, I was aware that I was doing it. And though that isn't something we do very often, it's not a, you know, we typically don't have that kind of confrontation in our relationship, but it was there. It happened. I addressed it. And, you know, we, we move on and we learn how to be better in relationships.
1: It's funny, Vicky. Um, I was actually over at Vicki's the other day, dropping something off and, um, was, uh, hanging around with the kids for a little bit and she's a button pusher man. She even got me riled up a couple of times. I'm like, man, she's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's, she, a good she's
1: so smart. Well, she's so smart. And, um, I was, you know, I was like right in there with her. Like, no, that's not how it is because it's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what am I doing? I did the same thing. I had to stop myself. I'm like, why am I letting her bait me like this?
2: (laughs) Well, the best thing is when I fought with my mom all the time and she always used to say, you know, you always have to have the last word. And then I would just point at her like, that was the last word. You know, like you saying that (laughs) was the last, you know, and it's just so funny how we, you know, somebody's going to call someone else out on having the last word when in effect, that's really the last word. And it's just mothers and daughters, man. I, Vicki, I, and I'm living. I did it
1: with my sister.
0: <laughs> well, Lynn, we did it a little bit on vacation yes. when we were driving to Donna's. We had our little moments of, I know, I know, no, I know. It's just so funny. So uh, today is really exciting for me. I had um, stumbled into this amazing woman named Phyllis Ginsburg, who is our guest today. And she and I did an interview for a Habit Mastery Summit that's coming out in February. And it was very interesting. She has two books and they are really, really great. But the reason why we wanted to invite her to this podcast is because we often talk about our wagon wheel ruts. And I said it this time, yay. Um, and, and, And that's Lynn's way of referring to the neural pathways and how we need to change neural pathways and recovery and all that jazz. And I told the girls about Phyllis and I said, OMG, she is amazing. She knows so much. She told me why certain things happen and why they don't. And so she has so much knowledge. But the other part that I am so... Um, honored to get to know Phyllis is the change that she made in her life when she decided that she needed to make a transformation in her career. And I would love if she could share a little bit about that. And um, we're just, Phyllis, so excited to have you here. Thank you for being here.
3: Oh, my pleasure. I'm really excited to be here and share some information and hopefully it resonates with the listeners, because uh, one little nugget could change your trajectory, and uh, you just never know. So, yeah, I in 2005, I was a near burnout in every area of my life. I was working in private practice. My niche was high conflict divorce, which sounds like excruciating and difficult, but to me, it was it was easy and a fun challenge. Um, compared to working with domestic violence and rape and child abuse and all of that other stuff that I dealt with in my internship. Uh, So it wasn't that the work was difficult. It was that I took on way too much. I had an eight-month waiting list. I was super popular (laughs) with the judges and attorneys. And I worked because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I didn't say no to enough things actually I didn't say no to anything I just told them when I could start and so hence I had this waiting list at a certain point in time I realized I had lost me I had nothing left to give all my energy was going out and I needed to do something because my health was beginning to suffer and I decided I'm going to take a sabbatical I'll take a year off and just see like what's what Um, try and get my myself back and oh my gosh i got myself back better than i could have ever imagined two two things came into my world that were not on the map when i went to school and that's positive psychology and brain research and when i paired those together and started doing things to calm my nervous system and to rewire my brain It has made such a lasting positive impact that I changed my whole practice. I no longer take on court work. And I work with people, a lot of people in recovery and a lot of people who just wanna make positive lasting changes and be better human beings.
2: I think that's a lot of us and that's a lot of our audience, you know? Um, So have you, just out of my own curiosity, it sounds like you had a very high stress, high pressure career. Did you always have great habits? Were you always a habit master?
3: Uh, in all honesty, I have to say, yes, I have, I have really been able to do things consistently. I have, a, I think a gift for being able to carry out something. Uh, and, and it's not, easy to acknowledge that with people who struggle because they don't understand me. I do understand because I live, uh, my husband has difficulty with habits. Um, The majority of people have difficulty with habits, but I think I can do the work I do because not, not only am I an example of what's possible, but I also have some areas where I don't do super well with habits and that's exercise. My eating, it can be impeccable. My exercise, mm -mm, not so much. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, That's really interesting that you say that. Um, I think it is a great uh, like pro in your list of when you're helping people that you can lead by example. You know, we talk about in the program all the time. It's attraction, not promotion. And what you're selling is this is what your life could be like if you can kind of harness that that um, habit building skills. So that's that's really cool that you are able to use that. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, that's neat. Um, I think we had a word today, Vicki, we were going to use. Yeah, you explain, give us the definition corner. Yeah, so um, our word that we're going to talk with Phyllis about today is congruency, and I do have a definition for it. It is the quality or state of agreeing or corresponding. How does this work in your world, Phyllis?
3: So for me, congruency, I use it in terms of how your thoughts, feelings and actions line up. If they are congruent, it's all systems go. But generally, our thoughts are not congruent with our feelings and not congruent with our actions. For example, if you have a thought, I don't want to, like, I don't want to exercise, but I have to. I don't want to go to work, but I have to. I don't want to get up and, and have to get out of bed, but I have to. Those are inconsistent thoughts. They're incongruent and generally... When you have those kinds of thoughts, you're building resentment. You don't want to do something. And some people can feel that internal struggle going on. You might say, I want to, but I don't want to. Like, I want to exercise, but I don't want to. Right? It would be better for you to say, I don't want to exercise, and I'm not going to. That's congruent. That's consistent but I don't want to, but I want to, I want to, but I don't want to. Like any combination of something that conflicts with the other is going to give you an inner struggle. And it's less likely that you are going to fulfill an obligation, a desire, a habit. You might change a thought to, I want to, but I'm not willing to. And that would be honest which is a better place than this clashing of, of thoughts.
0: Which I find so interesting because a lot of times I've, um, there's a lot in, in recovery that we talk about acceptance. We talk about awareness. We talk about denial. We talk about all these things. And for me, there was a really long time period that I thought I was supposed to be in acceptance of my whole life, my whole recovery, (laughs) that I was supposed to accept it all, right? And so I would beat myself up for not being in acceptance, right? So there was a point in time, and I think it was when we first started doing this podcast when it dawned on me that you really need to, to work through the stuff before you get to acceptance, that I wasn't being... Congruent. I didn't have that word at the time, um, but I really had to realize it through experience, which was about six years in recovery before I finally stopped beating myself up about it. And and I just find it so interesting that that's probably why it was hard for me.
3: For sure, if you don't go the, through the process that it takes to get to acceptance, you cannot force it in.
1: It was you know funny we were talking about that. It's like you don't just become. Um, in a state of acceptance, because you say you're going to. Correct. <laughs> and how, how do we get to that? What what are some things that we can do? You mentioned being honest. What are some other things that we can do to
3: get there? So, acknowledging what's true for you, what your thoughts are, and what your feelings are, is the, like, number one place to start. If you don't acknowledge and be true to what's going on with your thoughts and feelings then you're not congruent and there's an obstacle
0: so that's like the first step we admitted we were powerless over alcohol or whatever it is
3: mm-hmm. and our
0: life has become unmanageable
3: yeah and even just acknowledging i'm not ready to accept this i don't want to accept this you know i'm going to i'm going to stomp my feet and have a tantrum because i'm not happy about
0: this uh, it's said funny every alcoholic I've- ever. <laughs>
1: I know. Well, it's funny, I'm working on character defects uh, right now. And it's so it's driving me insane how I'm still holding on to things. And one of the things that I'm holding on to is the ideal that I set up in my head that I'm supposed to be or do or whatever. And I'm ashamed or I'm feeling guilty because I'm not there. Instead of being honest with myself and saying that's just not a place I can be right now. I still have like this image and I, and I call it my self image versus my self acceptance. And I battle mm-hmm. that.
3: hmm Yeah, and that does you no good. <laughs> no, it's like banging against the wall. Now you are focusing on a different problem, which is uh, that lack of self acceptance, or the you're you're now sparring with yourself over something rather than even considering what would it take for me to become who I'd like to be. Oh. They've gotten totally off onto a different track. I like that.
0: So what happens in the brain when we're fighting with ourselves? I mean, can you talk a little bit about the the, the brain and, and these kind of habits that a lot of times people in recovery tend to, I don't know, do a lot of? <laughs> sure. So we have our consciousness, we
3: have our thoughts, we have a subconscious, the things that we are not aware of, and the majority of what drives our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are out of our awareness. Let's say as much as 95 to 97%. So I am going to tell you that whatever you're struggling with is not your fault. You can blame it on your brain. Because you don't even know what's there. And if you do know what's there, it got solidified as a neural pathway probably by the time you were seven. Some of these things that I help people with got programmed. I call it child, early childhood programming. By the time you're seven years old, you've got your programming pretty much set your coping skills, how you decided to make sense out of the world, uh, how you interpreted relationships. There's a, a whole host of things that are running in the background. And the primary thing that your subconscious does is it runs through that filter and asks, is it safe? So you might want to improve a character defect. And your brain, without you knowing it, says it is not safe to be who you think you want to be. And so I, I don't like the word character defect because it means that you actually have something wrong with you that you should be able to fix. And you can't fix something that you're either not aware of or you don't have the tools to be able to do. So I would, I give everyone a pass to say you are not defective. You don't have to beat yourself up because you have these so-called character defects because that's the language and label that 12 step puts on in the program, which is fine. But I'd say the, one of the best things you could do is not label yourself as defective.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we even call it, um, there's a, there was another book that we read, The Women's Way Through the 12 Steps and how women especially can, we we already come into society with all these um, expectations of how women are. So we're already kind of in the defective uh, column, we feel, you know, just because of our culture and society. So we really do try to circumvent that Um And it's funny how language, just using that word, how that immediately puts me back in that place, Mm -hmm. that place of fear and of not enough, not good enough, you know, all those negatives.
0: Correct. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what happens when we, so we have all these habits that we develop early on. And then, I mean, most of us, a lot of us started to drink. I started when I was 15 years old. So what, I mean, what kind of, um, because I know when I would drink, my willpower was like, I just did whatever and I felt good and I felt easy. I mean, do you have any, um, what what was I doing or why was it okay to do certain things when I was under the influence rather than my habits that I had up until seven? Yeah, so a lot of people will choose
3: a substance, which could be alcohol or food or shopping or, I mean, you name it, whatever. There's a whole array now. It used to just be drugs and alcohol, but now it's almost anything. Uh, And what what we do when we choose one of these addictions is we're trying to numb out. Alcohol in particular will actually chemically change your brain because it is a substance that you're consuming. And it decreases your inhibitions. So, you know, you're feeling calmer and more relaxed. And when we're calmer and more relaxed, without a substance, we can think more clearly. We might have access to our intuition or guidance. We can make better decisions. We're feeling good because we have feel-good hormones. When you use alcohol, one drink might give you that, and you're like, oh, I'm doing really well. A whole bottle of something might have you like, you know, doing things you normally wouldn't do, making decisions that might compromise your yourself, your health, your well-being, your relationships, or your job.
0: Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I know that I've struggled in the past with the um, starting and never finishing, right? This idea of getting started and not finishing, and um, just really with the intention of doing something. But these and I, I think it's probably a lot of my beliefs in a lot of those uh, thoughts that, you know, my word isn't important or whatever it is, you know, hiding myself, blah, blah, blah. Um, what what could what could we do to really try to make a, a change in our lives in terms of what are some tools that that you might recommend someone does if that's them? So this could be
3: complex or it could be simple. If you knew that the reason why you didn't finish things was because you would be judged for your work or that you would have to show up in a different way. And if you actually finish this one thing, it would mean now you're gonna get two or three more of something else to do. And you'd have to either take on more responsibility or there's a, an expectation that you are more capable than you are presenting. You see, so here's three different scenarios of what it could be. Yeah. If you could figure out which one of those or something else is getting in the way that's creating this habit and pattern of not being able to finish something then you've struck gold because anytime you you're on to what's getting in the way then you can easily work with it
0: okay so you say easily work with it but (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) what does that mean okay so
3: as as soon as you can name something for what it is it decreases its power so you're already on your way as soon as you can say oh my gosh, that's it. I don't want to have to do more stuff. I'm already like maxed out. And if I finish this, that means I'm going to have to take on another project. So now you know your, your area of looking at what's getting in the way has to do with, I feel overburdened. I've got too much on my plate. I can't handle more than I'm doing. Maybe I'm not sleeping well, I'm not feeling well, uh, I'm stressed, I'm anxious. Whatever might be going on that's preventing you from showing up to take on whatever it is that would be next, that's, that's the gap. It sounds
1: so easy. <laughs> it could be so complicated. Um, I have a question for you, Phyllis, and I'm going to yes. kind of backtrack a little bit um, sure. when we were talking. About, yeah, and we have talked about this how. Uh, a lot of our how we protect ourselves and how we have learned to navigate our lives is because of a five to seven year old child that was just protecting themselves. And how do, what I'm asking you is, how do we reprogram ourselves to filter information from the 52 year old woman I am now with the life experience that I have and with the um, the It's like I have a lot more confidence in myself, and yet I still, like I said, I'll still revert back to that. How do I reprogram my brain to filter information better
3: for me? Yeah, so you start to build new neural pathways in a variety of ways. One is just by thinking about something. The brain does not know whether you actually did something or just thought about it. So you could... Think your way into new neural pathways. That's one way. Another is you could visualize something. And it only takes 18 seconds to create long-term memory. So you want to get a picture of something that that you can have this visual. Maybe, Maybe you print out a picture or you just can get into the feeling sense and even if you can't see it in your mind's eye, um, somehow visual visualize it so that you get the essence of it. That makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, so you can do that when you wake up in the morning and right before going to bed. Those are two times where we are most uh, open as far as receiving that kind of reprogramming. You could uh, focus on what you will get versus what you have to give up. So much of what we do that keeps us in fear and worry and lack and scarcity is we focus on what we're gonna lose what we have to give up and because it's unknown, we may not feel like we know if we're actually going to get what we want. And so to let go of something that's for sure, even though it's not the best for something that's unknown can feel like a huge risk. In reality, most of what we worry about never really happens. And if you're gonna rewire your brain, you might as well do it focusing on what, what you have to, to gain.
1: I love that. And basically, it's kind of trusting too, right? I mean, you have mm-hmm. to
3: trust the process. Totally. There is, a, there is something to rewire in the brain that actually does happen. And you don't have to question it because it's already happening when happening when you consider the all or nothing thinking black and white thinking it's this or that these are limited ways of thinking that's a given and you know what to expect but when you enter the world of possibility thinking and you brainstorm what else could happen if I trusted in the universe, I wonder what else might show up. If I thought differently about this situation, you could use words like I choose to rather than I have to. That's more empowering to say, I'm choosing to exercise today. I'm choosing to eat well. I'm choosing to not drink. <laughs> No one's saying you have to do anything. It's all a choice. Phyllis, I love that.
2: I have had many people over the years try to help guide me and coach me on forming new good Mm -hmm. habits. I would be a project for you, let me just say. But I think all of your clients probably tell you that that they're like the worst at uh, keeping habits and self-discipline. But I did have, um, somebody once suggested to me you know, the night before, if I want to wake up early to tell myself, you know, no matter how many hours of sleep it was, you know, oh, tell myself six hours of sleep is the, is the, um, the amount of sleep that I need to feel fully refreshed in the morning. It's the perfect amount of sleep that I need. And then to visualize myself with my alarm going up and me getting out of bed and, and going to do that next thing that I wanted to do in the morning and to somehow make it exciting for myself. Um, is that, sometimes it just seems like so much to, uh, chew, I guess, to make all of those changes at once. Do you start in a specific place with any, with, with your clients or does it really just depend on the person? I mean, I'm just interested to hear
3: like, what would be the first thing you would tell somebody? Yeah. What a great question, Brie. Um, as you were saying all that, trying to visualize that it's, all the pieces to that. I was feeling the stress that I feel in my back, which is my barometer. When I'm working with people, I can like, oh my gosh, your your brain and your body are not buying it. So here's my thing on affirmations. If you tell yourself six hours is the optimal amount of sleep for me and I can function well all day on six hours and your body and your brain don't believe it, you are going to be stressed That is a big incongruency. So that's a no-go.
2: Makes sense because I think truly in my heart of hearts, I really do want eight hours and I don't know where that belief, well, I know where that belief came from. That's what they always tell us, right? You need eight hours of sleep. So to think of getting less than that, trying to convince myself and affirm that, you're 100% right. I would have never been aware of that. Like that's not truly what I
3: believe. Well, we cannot convince ourselves into new habits and patterns. That's why it doesn't work. But what you can do is you can visualize the outcome that you want. Your ideal outcome isn't to get eight hours of sleep. Your ideal outcome is to wake up refreshed. True. And it doesn't matter how many hours of sleep that you get.
1: Can I just stop, can I I stop for a minute? I know Phyllis and say how much that just blew my mind. It's like we stop focusing on the detail of what we think we're supposed to do and focus on the outcome that we want. And then we can figure out the path to get there.
3: Yes. And the the more that, that I do this for myself and I do it with clients, the more that I take them out of getting caught up in how it's going to happen. Because that's where a lot of the beliefs are. I don't see how it's going to happen, so I don't believe that it's going to happen. The more that you can just focus on the outcome that you want and visualize it or, uh, or have a thought about it that you can hold on to for 18 seconds or more, you are now programming your brain to send out a signal to say, an order has been placed. I will have... I have this request to wake up every morning feeling refreshed. Universe, bring it to me however is ideal for me and then get out of the way.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> in, in the program, that's what we tell people all the time. You know, you are not, you. your life doesn't work on your self-will. Get out of the way and let your higher power help you. Let the universe help you. Mm-hmm. Manifest and believe.
3: And I don't know about you, but the majority of the time that if not all of the time that I can take a step back and say, this is what I want. I don't know how it's going to happen. Or even I'm thinking in this direction, like I'm ready for something new. Just bring me whatever would be ideal for me, because it's going to be so much better than I could ever think up or dream of
0: myself. Oh, and we always, that that's how it is in the program. You think you're just going to quit drinking, but if you are able to trust the process, your life just ends up being so much better than I ever even imagined. Ways my, my, my life changed when I did that, when I worked on the steps, that my life changed more than I could have ever dreamed of.
3: Mm-hmm. And most of us are so caught up in the day-to-day I want to say, early childhood habits, patterns, and coping skills that we don't have a frame of reference for how good life could be.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Phyllis, something you said
2: um, before made me, made me think about when sometimes people relapse or they can't stay sober, we'll commonly hear, oh, they just don't want it bad enough right and I think that could be applied to when you're trying to form habits for success whatever it might be I I sometimes think to myself and this is the the tape that I play when I fail at something or when I fail at implementing a habit is well I guess I just really didn't want it bad enough you know that's what I I, I tell mm-hmm. myself but I also'm like but no I really do want that I'm just trying to now, have a defense mechanism for my failure here, right? Like, Oh, it's okay. You just, you just didn't want it. I'm sure you hear that all the time. What do you say or how, what do you, what do you advise on that? Or what do you think about that?
3: Yeah. It goes back to being honest with yourself to say, I want it. And I don't know how to get there. I want it. And I'm scared. I want it. And I don't know what, will change for me. For example, when I came out with my first book, and keep in mind, I have been a therapist, you know, like all of my adult life, pretty much. And my focus was on my family, my husband, my kids, the dog, the cat. I didn't have much of a presence. I had never done public speaking. I've testified in court, but that's a whole other thing. Um, So nothing was about me. And when I came out with my first book, I asked John Gray, because I went to a a training for continuing education with him, like four or five years prior, I asked him if he would endorse my book. And I'm sitting in meditation one day because, I don't know, like a month had gone by and I hadn't heard anything. And I immediately asked myself this question. And I don't know where it came from because it was not like me asking are you ready for his endorsement? And whatever that would mean. And I got to no. know. My answer was no, I am not ready for his endorsement. And what an opening to, for me to write a whole list of reasons why I wasn't ready. Oh my gosh. What if I become too visible? What if, uh, Because that's when reality TV was big. Like, what if I end up in the tabloids? Uh, You know, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, what if my business takes off or I'm in high demand and I can't keep up or I end up on the edge of burnout again? Like, I had a whole list of things. And I spent like maybe 45 minutes to an hour um, doing EFT tapping, the emotional freedom technique tapping on all of these concerns that I had all the, the fears the next week I got his endorsement
0: that's incredible I love that story he's the one from men are from Mars women are from Venus correct yes,
2: yes. yeah so it does truly go back to what is holding us back and what are you so afraid of yes those subconscious limiting beliefs that are going to keep us right where mm-hmm. we are every single time
3: correct.
1: And I think about those, you know, what, what am I afraid of? It's what am I, what do I think I'm protecting myself from? That's one way I've learned to reframe that so that it's not so scary for me because, you know, when we are feeling our emotions, feeling our feelings, feeling fear, that can be off-putting. So what I've been trying to do to reframe it is um, what am I, how am I protecting myself? That's maybe not the best thing for me. You know, it's not the best way to go about it. And that's really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's the subconscious filter. Phyllis was talking about the Am I safe? Am I safe? That filter that
1: yeah
3: we have. And what but, I found is that the more that you do that, like this kind of work to feel safe or see what doesn't feel safe and then Reprogram your brain, find ways for new possibilities, different ways of looking at something, a new perspective. The more that you do that, the more safe you feel every day. And eventually you switch from this survival thinking, early childhood programming with all the fears and and outdated coping skills to I'm safe every day. And I can trust that life is going to be delivering what is best for me. And yes, yeah, not going to be perfect and I'm not going to like everything and I'm not going to exercise every day <laughs> and it's okay.
0: Like I'm okay. Right. I'm worthy mm-hmm. of my own love. Right. <laughs> um, well, I would really like, um, do you guys have any other questions right now? Go ahead. we going to talk about tapping. Yeah, well I was gonna ask, but you yeah. go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. I was gonna ask if you would <laughs> wouldn't mind taking us through um just a like a brief summary of tapping or I don't know. Does anyone have like something that, that, that's heavy on their heart or that they feel comfortable trying it on?
1: I can, I mean, I'm I'm um looking for some new ways to change my career path a little bit. And I'm terrified. <laughs>
2: I like it for anybody who, you know, you guys can't see us, but Lynn's at work right now. So she had to do a 360, a little check around here to see if anybody was, <laughs> that was brave, Lynn. That was very brave.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so uh, tapping is the, the technique I use is the emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping. And what you're doing is tapping on meridian points that are like on your face and body and it's similar to acupuncture but without needles what it does is it calms the amygdala in the brain the fight or flight response it calms the nervous system it will free stored emotions so that you can have the thoughts about an event but you won't be triggered by it anymore it releases trauma it is the most effective modality that I know to pair with getting to the root cause of things, which is my gift in my, in my work and then being able to free it. So we're releasing what doesn't work any longer or fears, uh, reducing stress and anxiety. And then replacing what we just released with possibilities and then rewiring the brain with something new. So that's a nutshell of what the work that I do. Help me in, sign me up. (laughs) All right. So Lynn, let me just ask you a couple questions. When you think about a new career path on a scale of one to 10, how, Anxiety-producing stress. Does it feel seven? A seven? Yep. Okay. Do you know what keeps it at, or what what has it at a seven?
1: Um, mine is the the fear of not knowing how to get there. I'm pretty good at visualizing an endpoint right now. What's scaring me are all those little details in between, and I get really overwhelmed.
3: Okay. All right. So that's enough information for me to get started. And I'm to suggest that everyone tap along. You will not get Lynn's problem. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to make a career change, but it's possible.
2: I just have to say I have Lynn's problem too. So I'm, I'm tapping this too. Thank you. Oh,
3: Perfect. Okay. Um, it's fun how that all sometimes comes together. Like we'll have a whole room full of people with a similar issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So I'll just describe this so that you will, everyone listening can do it. Uh, I'll do one round without statements. And then after I will have Lynn repeat after me, but everyone can repeat after me. Uh, Those, listening to this can repeat as well. So we're starting at the eyebrow closest to your nose on either side of the face. And you're just tapping lightly with two fingers. You can do one eyebrow or both, it doesn't really matter. You can't get it wrong. And then you're gonna move to the side of the eye, which is staying closest to the eye. Next is under the eye, like under the pupil. And then under the nose. Next is in the chin crease. And then on your collarbone. And I use all five fingers for that. And then under your arm, about four inches under the armpit. And last is top of head. And those are the points that I use. So we are going to go right into Lynn's career path challenge and you can we're going to start at the eyebrow yeah if you have glasses on you might want to take them off to get in the way all right so then you'll repeat it after me everyone else can as well I'm ready for a new career
1: I'm ready for a new career
3: side of the eye I'm pretty sure I know what I want I'm pretty sure I know what I want Under the eye. But I'm so afraid that I don't know how to get there.
1: But I am so afraid I don't know how to get there.
3: Under the nose. I have no idea how it's going to happen.
1: I have no idea how it's going to happen.
3: Chin. It's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Collarbone. I don't even know where to start.
1: I don't even know where to start.
3: Underarm. There's too many moving pieces. There's too many moving pieces. Top ahead. I wish it could be easy.
1: I wish it could be easy.
3: Take a big breath. So, any thoughts or feelings, Lynn? Well, I'm crying. <laughs> That's good.
1: It is. Um, you know, it's. Um, there's. There's. As we we know all too well, there's so much freedom in just saying it like getting it outside of my head.
3: Mm -hmm. So if, when you think about this career path and a change, has your number changed from a seven? Yeah. What is it now? It's probably a four to five.
1: I have like this, this peace and serenity that really just kind of, when I was tapping my head, that was when I really felt it. I felt like um, I think it's like cool water being poured over you when you're flushing, you know, like it just immediately cools everything down. That's how it's nice.
3: Yeah. All right, so let's do a round of possibility tapping. And we'll start at the eyebrow. Everyone follow along. What if this could be easy? What if this could be easy? Side of the eye. What if I don't have to figure it all out?
1: What if I don't have to figure it all out?
3: Under the eye. I wonder how easy it could get. I wonder how easy it could get. Under the nose. I'm open to a career change that's easy.
1: I'm open to a career change that's easy.
3: Chin. I'm open to easily making a career change.
1: I'm open to easily making a career change.
3: Collarbone. Wouldn't it be amazing if it showed up just the way I wanted it?
1: Wouldn't it be amazing if it showed up just the way I want it?
3: Underarm. Or maybe better than that.
1: Or maybe better than that
3: ahead. I know I'm not in control and I don't need to be.
1: I know I'm not in control and I don't need to be. Take big breaths. That's amazing Phyllis.
3: Yeah, I can feel the energy moving.
1: Yeah. That's the best way to describe it.
3: And what I loved about this is that there's only a smidge of resistance that I'm feeling. It's not big at all. I'm gonna start crying again. <laughs> Are those tears of joy because it's possible you might have, like, you might get what you want? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Yes. That I that that it is not only possible, but it's very attainable, and that I deserve it. I am deserving.
3: Mm. All right, let's anchor that in. We'll do one more round. This is the third round of tapping that I would do uh, with someone. And yes, when I work with people, it can be this quick and easy. I am the queen of saying it doesn't have to take a long time or be difficult. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So we'll start back at the eyebrow. I'm ready for this new career.
1: I'm ready for this new career.
3: Side of the eye. I could see myself in it.
1: I can see myself in it. <laughs>
3: Under the eye. I'm so happy. I am so happy. Under the nose. I'm so happy I made this change. I'm so happy I made this change. Chin. And I'm really happy that I'm embracing enjoying it.
1: I am really happy that I'm embracing enjoying it.
3: Collarbone. I so deserve this. I so deserve this. Underarm. It's really rewarding to have this career.
1: It's really rewarding to have this career.
3: Top ahead. I love my new career.
1: I love my new career.
3: Take a big breath. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. So now, when you think of of the career path, uh, is your number a four to five, or have you shifted? I think I've gone
1: down a notch or two. I and what I'm feeling now is excitement and peace. I'm feeling this peace, peaceful, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: So, might you be able to say that on a scale of one to ten that you could be at a one or a two?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am. Y'all, I'm not joking. That's that's how I feel. It's it's crazy to I people that are listening. Yeah, I, I wish everybody could see like the change that happened.
3: This <laughs> is my this is my normal. When I first started doing this and getting results like that, I was in awe. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this for real? Could this be happening? Like, um, and it. I have been doing this kind of work with these kinds. of of results for people uh, for the last decade. Wow. And it is a blast. It's so rewarding.
1: You you definitely have a gift. Um, would you like to tell us, Phyllis, about your books and about your workshops and about your blog and about your website and everything that we can possibly <laughs> squeeze in so they can find you?
3: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would love to share how people can, have more of this type of material. Um, That's my mission is to help people shift from this paradigm of survival thinking to be able to thrive. So the foundation of my work is in my book, Brain Makeover. It's 52 weekly readings to a happier, healthier, and more abundant life. And each weekly reading is a page or two. So there's no reason why Someone can't focus on reading a page or two a week unless you have resistance, and then you can look at that. But it will have things to do that are simple, easy, doable to shift the way you think or your perspective on something. And all of these, you know, even if you just picked one or two, you could start from the beginning, you could open it at random, doesn't matter. Uh, it also has a section on tapping in there and how to do tapping. It's very thorough. The second book is called Tired and Hungry No More, which if you have health issues and they're lifestyle oriented, such as poor eating, unhealthy habits, uh, not being able to sleep, not getting any exercise, like when you combine all those together, that might be considered an unhealthy lifestyle. It also addresses if you are tired of just functioning the way you have or being in a relationship or being in a dead-end job and you are hungry for something new. So a little twist on the wording there. It has 10 tapping scripts in there that will address at pretty deep levels. I, I did these uh, and use them with clients to, to get a take on how effective they would be for a generic group. And so they, they are highly effective and you will learn how to do tapping uh, more detailed in this book. It also has 50 healthy recipes and um, and a whole section on healthier eating definitions of all the things that might go with that. Um, but it starts with getting your brain on board, getting your mindset right, being able to look at, I have very brief descriptions on anxiety and depression and these labels that we take on when they are symptoms of something going on. So uh, it's a wealth of information. If you would like to follow me uh, and get my newsletter and find out about things such as interviews that I'm on, uh, you can go to my website, And get a copy. It's a guide. Uh, Cope with stress and overwhelm in five minutes or less. And they are five different things um, that you can do so that you can cope with, in the moment, stress or overwhelm or be able to remove yourself from a situation. Go do one of these uh, processes or a, a way of, of coping and return to a situation with calm clarity and the ability to create a resolution or get back in, into action with something. So yeah, you can go to my website. Um, I have a tapping community called Tapped In. And if you're interested in that, you can send me a message through my website there's a contact uh, or you can email me. My website is my name, phyllisginsburg.com or email me phyllis at phyllisginsburg.com and uh, be able to connect with me and see if uh, if the community might be something that is appropriate.
1: That is awesome. Are you on Instagram and Facebook?
3: Yes, I am on Instagram, Facebook. I actually have a private Facebook group. It's called Tired and Hungry No More. And okay. anybody who wants to join, uh, I just accept you as a member and you're in. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's a place where we have uh, connection and
0: support, accountability, community. Awesome. And we'll have all the links to get to Phyllis in our show notes because she is fabulous, fabulous Phyllis. I, I will tell you. I, Thank you. It's, it's You know, I just learned even more from you. I, I did a almost 35-minute interview with you before, and this is just, it's fascinating to me that, that we can do this stuff. And I love your philosophy that it doesn't have to be hard and take a long time. And mm-hmm. um, that gives me a whole lot of hope.
1: You know, Phyllis, it's cool. Um, Our primary uh, target audience is, of course, people in recovery, but we have a lot of people that listen regularly that aren't in recovery that just are looking for an easier, happier, more peaceful way to navigate life. And my goodness, did you just kind of opened that up so much. So I really hope everybody can find you. Like I said, uh, Vicki said, it'll be on our show notes, but if anybody has any questions about um, accessing our information, you know that you can always email us or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook at telling on ourselves and we'll help as well, because this lady is the real deal.
3: <laughs> I am on a mission to, uh, to help people become happier and healthier. So lady, is killing it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just following my guidance and intuition and it is, it's a blast. I can't think of doing anything more satisfying. So thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
3: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, We'll just do maybe a quick golden nugget that we all say are golden nuggets. Would you like to start that Brie?
2: I sure will. My golden nugget today is congruency. Uh, You need your thoughts to line up with uh, your, you need your thoughts to line up before the action will take place. You need to have congruency in your thoughts. And I was like, wow. Okay.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I am. I love that we, that you gave us very clear cut ways to do this through acknowledging our thoughts and feelings and being honest about it and being honest and with, with a lot of self-love and self-compassion.
0: And mine is the, it's kind of the idea of focusing on what you'll get rather than what I have to give up. So I I really love that, that tool and I will be using it often. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you
1: again, Um, ladies. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Phyllis.
3: Oh. I could not have thought of a better thing to do today.
0: Well, thank Thank you you. for taking your time to do this. And we will be in touch soon. We'll send you the link when the episode goes live and we'll tag you on all the places, if that's okay. Perfect. Okay.
1: Great. Try it out.
0: Try Try it out.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe, at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.